I'm Kieran, and I want to help you knock fat and stress out of your life whilst becoming the healthiest that you can be. Join me and let's attack this journey together. Top of the morning, everybody. Hope everyone is doing very well. So, just a little intro into today's podcast. We will be going over vegetarianism and veganism. We'll be touching on um, a lot of the Game Changers documentary, because I know that is being very, very um, popular at the minute. But yeah, so we'll be touching on that, looking at some of the um, some of the statistics that they claimed within that documentary, some of the um, different aspects of that documentary and different aspects of veganism they claim to be true. Um, and I will be basically breaking down the falsehoods within those but anyway just to get started let's look at a few little statistics so currently i am doing vegetarian um which is something i made up um just after just after christmas i said i'd give it a try basically i wanted to see if i could do a whole month of eating vegetarian um, because I am very, very carnivorous. My diet, very, not bro, but my, my diet would usually consist of, say, a meat sauce and some form of vegetable, salad. Like, I'm, I'm quite a simple man with regards to what I eat. Um, don't get me wrong, every now and again, I go out and have my treats and stuff, but the bulk standardised Kieran Lentz's diet would usually be meat or fish and vegetables. Yeah, I know. Crazy exciting. Um, it's just what I find easy. It's what I find enjoyable. It's what works for me. So that is why I do that. But anyway, so I genuinely thought I'd really, really struggle. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not going vegan. This is... Um, I was going um, vegetarian only, so I'm still eating eggs, I am still eating um, yoghurt and a bit of cheese as well, so by no means am I going vegetarian, um, vegan, Christ, struggling this morning, um, yeah, by no means am I going vegan, I think maybe I'll give veganism a try, whether I try and do it for a whole month, we'll see, we'll see, now I'd say going into this, some of the key things I really thought that I'd struggle with. So, my kind of guides on my diet were, I just want to make sure that I stick to my usual calorie intake, um, and I hit my protein. That is my only two focuses for this um, little personal test. And if I'm honest, it's very easy. Um I guess the bro in me thought, oh, without me, you're never going to be able to get your protein intake. And, oh, like, I don't know. You just get these really weird false narratives that kind of play in the back of your mind when you go and, I guess, when you put yourself outside of your comfort zone. Um, I guess we get that in everything, like whether you want to go, if you've never gone to the gym, you want to start going to the gym, you would tell yourself that everyone's going to look at you and laugh at you and you're going to look like a knob. Um, I don't know, if you want to, prime example, like for like for me, if you want to try a complete different style of eating or 
if you want to try some new thing. Um, I think it's human nature. It's almost like self-protective. Um, it's like a self-protective aspect of human nature where you tell yourself all these crazy negative personal narratives in order to help you justify not doing it. And it's like that old famous quote by Oscar Wilde. And he said, the comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. Really, see, if you're doing the same thing all the time, you're not ever challenging yourself. You're never taking yourself outside of your... um, Outside of... Your consistent... um, What's the word? You're not taking yourself outside of your real consistent routine therefore you're not doing anything that's going to in any way test you and so therefore you can't learn so have a look at different areas of your life i'm not saying you have to completely change your diet or completely change your training style but give yourself a little test every now and again so do a little bit more sudoku but anyway so looking at um vegetarians so in europe it's about 10% of Europeans are um, are vegetarian. That's 10% of the population. That's a lot higher than I actually anticipated. And then alongside that, there's 375 million vegetarians in the world. Now, obviously being closer to home, there's 1.2 million people in the UK who do not eat meat or fish. That's and it's 3% of the population. 2% of those being men and 3% being women. And then veganism is 2% of the population, 3% being men and 2% being women. I don't know why, I thought that'd be different. I thought there'd be more women um, doing vegan. But this is quite funny. So the majority of those was from the female range with 7, 7%, or the highest majority, sorry, being um, 7% of women aged 16 to 29 being vegan. Um, now, you could look at that and say maybe it's something to do with a popularity sort of fashion aspect because um, obviously I'd say in the last five years, veganism, well actually probably about three to five years, Especially in the last three years, veganism has become very, very popular. As you'll see with a lot of this um, shit documentaries, I'll say, like Game Changers, where they're just cherry-picking sort of information, cherry-picking truths. But it's put together really well, and it's actually a really good watch. So I would actually recommend watching it, but just think about the the truths of it when you when you watch it but anyway so in england we eat 79.3 kilos of meat per person per year now that is a lot so 79.3 that's heavier than i am right now so you listen to this eat me a year and then an extra foot of me, like actual like little foot with toes. 
That's I, I I find that that's astonishing. Like I again I thought that would be a lot more. Um and then on top of that, so that's two hundred and seventeen grams a day, hundred and thirty one grams of that being red meat. Um which yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like when you actually break it down, then when you think about it like that, that is a lot. Like each person eats like half a cow each a year. Uh, no, well, see, when you when you actually phrase it like that, I genuinely thought people would eat more. I thought meat would be far more consumed. But then I'm I don't know because it just says meat with that. It doesn't say whether that includes fish. <coughs> I'm gonna take it that they will now some of the biggest aspects of um of vegetarianism and veganism um obviously religious reasons um i think power to you if if you have um a reason from an aspect like that and and again there's also a lot of um moral and ethical reasons and I think, especially when you look at the way animals are treated nowadays, especially in intensive farming um, sort of areas, it's, it is pretty disgusting when you look at the state of it. Like chickens, just yeah, you see about like hundreds of chickens all thrown into a little coop. They're all just like pecking at each other. They're all bold, you know. I do agree that actually, when you think about it like that, you, when you're eating meat from an animal that is so unhealthy um, and so just negative and stressed, that can't be doing anything beneficial to your body. That that genuinely cannot be good. Um, it yeah, I I think. There's nothing positive that comes from eating that. Yeah, you might hit your macros, bro, um, and get up your protein, but at the same time, food quality is just as important as sort of food quantity. Like, food quality, if anything, I'd say is probably more important. Um, obviously, depending on your goal, but you can still hit your goal irrelevant and ensure that you're eating good quality um, meals and good quality foods so i remember when my mum actually she got three chickens from um my parents live out in, in like norfolk way so it's out in like farmland and my mum got some chickens from a charity and they were battery chickens and basically they're going to get put down and rather that this charity goes and takes them and tries to give them um new homes and you should have seen the state of them when my mum got them. They had these little fat things. They couldn't walk properly. They were... I don't think they were blind. Because I don't think you can just like regain yourself. But they couldn't really see properly. And they just walk into stuff. Because they'd never experienced life outside of this little coop thing where they lived. So they didn't quite get the uh, the sort of what things were so they had no real way to comprehend if they saw something they walked into it they didn't quite get that I, it is weird um 
But then also they, they struggle to walk. They had like zero coordination. They had zero muscle because obviously they'd just been sort of in these um, little coops. And the bottom of these coops is wire meshing so that when they do like wee and poo, it basically um, falls through that. So they can't actually walk. So when you go into Tesco um, or whatever supermarket you go to and you look at the whole chickens and you look at the... Um, you look at like the free range, when you feel them, you can feel the muscular development on those. When you compare that to those little ones that you get on the bottom bottom shelf that are like three pound, and you touch them, they're all just fatty and, and minging because essentially that is it. They've just been lying down essentially their whole lives. They've been lying down just like screaming in like sheer aggression. It's, um, <clears throat> it's a sad state of affairs actually when you think about what we've, led a lot of these animals to suffer with for obviously our benefits but anyway so that's um it's predominantly the poultry but then when you look at things like batch farm of of cows and all the hormones and stuff that's pumped into those it is it's insane it's it's sad seeing and you think about like veal like you get these little calves that are just thrown into the back of lorries and they're slaughtered i say this don't get me wrong i will go back to eating meat that's one thing I want to kind of round this little bit off with, was that one thing it's made me realise is that don't... That meat is not completely vital in order to help improve your body composition. You can get your protein requirements from other sources. Um... And I'll be going into those in a minute because I will go and I'm going to loop around to talk about game changers because there's obviously quite a few little aspects in there where they talk about this sort of stuff. <clears throat> but anyway, so yeah, one thing this has really opened my eyes to is that there's actually quite a lot you can do in the way of food and the way of cooking with just um, without meat, without championing championing meat um, at every meal. Um, and I think in this day and age we're in quite a lucky period where obviously there's all these like higher protein pasta alternatives don't get me wrong I will not eat corn corn is like vile and it's so processed I think if you're going to go vegetarian I think you shouldn't go vegetarian and just eat all these weird little meat alternatives because they're just overly processed and you're not doing yourself any favours by eating something that's so heavily processed but not only that is, this is one thing I don't get. So any vegetarians or any vegans who are in this, you, can you please message me and let me know why do they make meat alternatives and meat substitutes? Because I think if you go vegetarian for um, moral and ethical reasons, like you don't like the way the animals are killed and stuff, why would you want a faux steak or like a faux half chicken or a faux chicken wing? Like I don't get that. Because realistically, that kind of spits in the face of your moral dilemma. It's like, oh, I hate the way you're treated, you treat animals. But at the same time, I want a chicken wing. So I'm going to have one, but with jackfruit. I don't know. Um, I think there's some weird little aspect of that. I just think almost downplays the, the moral element. And so I think 
vegans and vegetarians to champion the fact that they are. So where they've got these like jackfruit wings you can get in like Leon and stuff is rather that call them something completely different. Like make vegetarian and veganism for food a champion in its own right rather than having everything want to be like vegetarian chicken chunks or vegetarian steaks. It's like make it its own thing. And I think that'll also drive a bit more popularity towards that. Um, and because obviously the meat-free um, food market in itself is worth over a billion pounds, which has skyrocketed something like 30% in the last 10 years. Um, and of that, 15% of that has been in the last two years. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I will say... Even before I did this February, I've never been a fan of sausages. Something about sausages, don't get me wrong, unless they're like um, German, like proper bratwurst. Like British sausages are just small, fat, greasy things and they just do absolutely zero for me. But like the Linda McCartney um, vegan or vegetarian sausages are glam. Are absolutely glam. I much prefer vegetarian and vegan um sausages to what you call it to um like british little fat pork sausages i think they're howling um <clears throat> anyway so looping back around so we're talking about protein and can you get your required protein sources from vegetarian and vegan diets now when you're vegetarian yes you can it is a lot easier so, obviously, for vegetarians, you've got things like yogurt. You've got things like you can have normal whey, um, what do you call it, whey protein powders. Um, you can have cheeses. One thing I've actually been really enjoying is that eat lean um, cheese. Get it in in Tesco. It's actually really nice to cook with. If you eat it raw, and are trying to compare that to like a nice vintage cheddar you are going to be sorely sorely left regretting it because it is not it has a really weird texture but it cooks really well and it does have a good like a great flavor when when you cook it so don't just try and eat that and think it's going to be as good as normal cheese it doesn't work like that unfortunately um because obviously cheese is so tasty because it's just so heavily fatty and fat is just pure flavor fat is just pure tasty goodness and so you're not going to get that from just a, a minimal fat um item in which the original version gets all its flavor from the fat it's like mayo it's like that like zero fat mayo just tastes like liquidy plastic like it's just minging isn't it um so protein now one thing on game change app let's get into this now because there's a few little areas on the game change app that i didn't really uh, agree with and now so they were talking about this bodybuilder um who well, no, he wasn't even a bodybuilder. Sorry, he's a, a strength athlete. He's a power. He's a power um, power athlete. 
and he lifted um, some stupid amount of weight and he was just like, yeah, I'm all vegan. I don't get any of my, um, my, what you call it, my protein from veganism, blah, 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 blah. And essentially what they failed to show on that was you can get more than enough protein, but you will have to um, supplement. And what they didn't show with regards to him is when you actually go outside and you look at what his standard daily diet is, he takes an awful lot of branched-chain amino acids. And now branched-chain amino BCAAs, basically, they're a supplement, and they break down, they give you all your body's required amounts of amino acids, which get broken down um, and used to create your muscle, create your lean tissues, so your skin, your hair, your nails. Um, so they will be broken, they will be utilised for that. So he took a lot of that. He also had a lot of um, protein drinks. And you can have your um, protein drinks vegan. Obviously, they're, they're very, very popular nowadays. You just have to ensure you're getting the correct amount of amino acids in those. So you need to make sure they're whole protein sources. And a lot of ways you can, you can just check online before you buy the bag and just ensure that they are the whole protein sources. And if they're not, then you'll have to supplement with BCAAs. And all a whole, ch all, a whole um, protein source is, basically just means it's got enough um, branched-chain amino acids in there. Because what you want is a good, um, a good amount of leucine to the rest of the aminos, like two to one, to one, for all of the amino acids. So make sure that if you are vegan or vegetarian, you are supplementing with basically BCAAs. And then another aspect was talking about that long, that ultra, ultra endurance athlete. And he was talking about how he cut, he started, his performance started improving when he cut down the amount of protein that he was having. And it was saying that the amount of protein re required was 0.4 grams per kilo, which is wrong. Because if you go anywhere below sort of 0.8, especially for an athlete, but even for most people, you're not going to negate all the sort of nitrogen losses through exercise and the nitrogen losses within your body. So what you want to make sure of is that when you're, especially if you're training, I'm not saying that you have to be an athlete, but if you're doing any form of exercise, you kind of want to be hitting like a minimum amount of a sort of a gram to 1.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. That is like the absolute minimum. Um, and what he was saying is he was on a very high protein diet. So if you're an ultra endurance athlete, all your body is going to run off essentially is going to be carbohydrates and fats. Because obviously, as you know, ultra endurance is like double marathon sort of things. It's like unbelievable lengths of um, unbelievable distances sorry and unbelievable time 
going and training and performing your um, competitions. So yeah, by by no means by cutting that out. If you've got a very high protein diet, you're like you're eating over say 1.6, 1.8. All you're doing is minimizing the amount of um, carbohydrates and fats that your body can actually use for energy. You're in, you're decreasing the amount of those that you can store within your body to, for your body to use as energy. So it was saying under there that your body can't use protein as a fuel source which is kind of, is rubbish because you've got a thing called glyconeogenesis which breaks your aminos down and stores them as glycogen it's a long process by any means it's not like an efficient form of um energy for your like energy creation or storage for your body but at the same time your body can do that your body is an unbelievable organism and it will always find a way. It will always find a way. So another thing on that as well. It was saying about how... Um, it was saying... Oh, give me one... Sorry. <clears throat> um, it was also saying there about how animals like oxes grow up very big very strong and they don't have any um they don't eat meat and yeah that is very very true but at the same time like with regards to animals like that with regards to animals like cows they have four stomachs and in these stomachs they are designed to break down um Greens. They're, uh, they're designed to break down grass and extract amino acids from that. We don't have that ability as humans. So yeah, we can eat a tonnage worth of hay. And unlike a horse or an ox, that is not going to get transferred and digested and broken down. And those aminos are not going to get extracted and utilised to help build muscle. So... Again, they are cherry-picking data and they're just misinforming you. But at the same time, it it sounded good. And that was one thing that really caught my ear when I was listening. I was like, what? I was like, that is true. Oxes are big and oxes are strong. <laughs> uh, anyway, and then another thing on that as well is um, about the gladiators and... Realistically, sorry about that. I am genuinely sitting in my car outside the gym, and yeah, someone knocked on the on the window and just came in. But um, yeah, and that's what the other little knock was earlier. I said, "Give me a minute." Anyway, apologies. So yeah, unfortunately, we are not going to just eat a bit of a uh, hay and get wham from it. Doesn't work like that. Don't get me wrong, if you're um, an enhanced athlete, like you're taking steroids or something, you probably could. <laughs> like, it's actually crazy what some stuff can do to your body. Now, another amazing um, thing on that was about the gladiators. And it was saying how gladiators didn't eat meat. Now, you have to think about the times of the world and how times have changed. When those gladiators 
um, for the burial site of those gladiators, when that was um, addressed, wherever gladiators were in the world, they ate what they could get. Gladiators, as with all people of that time, were not fucking picky. Like, in those days, meat was very hard to come by and you had to work hard to get it. And you have to remember, nine out of ten slaves, probably more than that, 99 out of 100 slaves, were little peasants, not, not slaves, sorry, gladiators were slaves, were little peasants that they'd been captured and thrown into these positions. Um, they weren't like when you watch the film Gladiator and everyone loved them. Very few of them ever rose to that champion status. Instead, majority of slaves, like I say, that um, of course, I keep saying, gladiators were just little slaves, and they were just given the scrappings of whatever food was around. And then only when you got the really quality sort of champion status um, gladiators did they actually get a good quality diet and their good quality diets usually consisted of fish because the majority of those would be near well actually depending on whereabouts they were based so if they were near sort of um, the sea or good rivers they would be given like a lot of fish um, legumes pulses rices things like that because they need lots of carbs and fats and then it was also shown that for gladiators it was better that gladiators be fat because if you're really really skinny and you get a little nick off a blade or you get hit in the face of a shield or some other hard object a little bit of fat will give you cushioning and will also enable you to bleed out longer without you being well without you dying so a little bit of fat was better for that so they used to feed gladiators up on things like legumes pulses and rice and that because they realize obviously a higher carb intake and predominantly a higher carb intake helped increase that um, that body fat mass. Um, so again, yeah, it's just a bit of cherry picking of data because I guess if you when you actually look into it, wherever you look at burial sites for gladiators, their bones represent or the deposits of things like calcium to other um chemicals responds directly to and correlates directly to what they were able to eat as i said gladiators like nine out of ten people in that day were definitely not picky with regards to food food was a scarcity like good quality food was an absolute scarcity especially to the majority of people and then finalizing on that was the other bit that I thought was amazing was the bit about um, the blood the blood and the burritos so there are these three different guys I think they were basketball players weren't they um, and they ate three burritos one was a steak one was vegan and one was chicken and they then showed you these like samples of blood and they were talking about the sort of endothelial function of that blood essentially what the whole thing is is basically when you eat they'll take a blood sample the centrifuge of blood so it like spins around really really fast and then 
it will break it down. So it'll show you like fatty deposits and it'll show you sort of blood plasma and then the blood like it showed on there. Um, and then what that kind of did was would show you if, well, the state of the blood after, after um, food consumption. But again, they interpret the because they didn't actually tell you about the endothelial function of those tests. Essentially, all he did, he showed you the image, he showed you the, the blood, but he didn't tell you about it. He just said, oh, look, the um, vegan one doesn't have as much stuff in it. And now, <clears throat> what happens when you eat um, eat food, but spat, uh, spat? fat specifically is it does make blood cloudy fat makes blood cloudy now this is because it gets broken down when it gets broken down fat gets stored up and packaged up in these chylomicrons which gives blood that cloudy cloudy color now the thing with this again is you don't know anything about those burritos so we don't know what cuts of, uh, of the chicken was it like dark meat on the chicken was it the thigh but was it the chicken breast you don't know how much chicken was in there you don't know what sauces they put with it you don't know there's so much about it that you don't actually know so you can't really draw any solid conclusions from that same with the steak you don't know if they've just cut off the rind of fat from the steak and then given like a tiny little bit of meat or do you know I mean it's one of these things is you don't know anything about the layout and then what was even in the vegan um the vegan um burrito was like they said it was avocado but how much avocado so it's just one of those you're a bit like okay okay um so again it's just because there's fat in your blood it's not a negative thing your body as I said before, it's a big complex organism. So it knows what to do and how to sort out a lot of food, basically. Your body breaks breaks foods down and all food is, is necessary and vital. Just because your body responds in a way that doesn't look overly appealing doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. And then, oh, actually, that's one more thing. But just before we go, we'll touch on the whole peanut butter thing. And it's like, you can get the same amount of protein from a peanut butter sandwich as you can from a steak. And I was like, okay, but again, you need to, you need to, you need some guidelines. I think that's the thing. You can say anything, and if you don't put some guidelines in place, it doesn't really hold any form of validity. Because realistically, how much peanut butter do you actually need and how much steak do you need like i said you could have like a little centimeter squared inch of steak and then you could have two whole tubs of peanut butter and yeah you'd you'd get a lot more protein in that peanut butter than you would in that little bit of steak and they don't draw those parallels in that they do so they don't specify that in 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 the documentary they just say yeah you get that now, if you're going to take, say, like 100 grams of steak, which has probably got an average of about 30-odd grams of, of protein, you could get that in a um, peanut butter sandwich, but you're going to have to have a lot of peanut butter. Like, I don't know the kind of macros or stats of peanut butter off the top of my head. 
But to get, hold on, I'm going to put up my fitness pal and do this now. I wasn't planning on talking about this. But right, so let's go. Peanut. No, not hazel top. Not halo top peanut bar. Right, so if you were to have 100 grams of peanut butter, you would get 27.3 grams of protein. That is a quality amount. And then I guess with the bread, that would probably give you another couple of grams. So, yeah, so you need 100 grams of peanut butter. That's a lot of fucking peanut butter. That is a lot of, like, dry mouth. Like, to eat that on its own, like, you couldn't have that toast. That bread could not be toasted because your mouth would be, like, sucking something out of the, fara- the, the Sahara Desert. Ah, oh, nightmare. From EE, you've used 80% of your data. Cool, my bad. Um... Yeah, so that's 100 grams. That is so dry. But not only that, to get that 30 grams, you're going to be needing to eat the best part of 800 calories of food, of which you're looking at nearly 60 grams of fat. So for 30 grams of protein, you're going to get another 60 grams of fat. And then you want to go back and talk about that sort of... um, that sort of blood plasma um, reading and that endothelial functional test that they did before, trust me, that is not going to look good against the steak on that. Trust me. Um, so again, yeah, you just need to kind of, you need some real guidelines when you're doing it. And then all it is the case, it's like anything. Whenever you hear about one of these documentaries, it's just understanding that there's going to be a little biased um, reporting on there that such is life. Um, And at the same time, you just need to appreciate that anything you hear in life, whether that be in from me, whether that be from anybody, you need to kind of think about what is their perspective on said article item bitty genre whatever theme that you're talking about and then maybe looking at where they've got their information from where they've got the studies from and if you can't really be asked to do that then just make sure you take everything with a massive pinch of salt it's pretty much what I round up as just yeah don't believe everything because unfortunately, there's an awful lot of bullshit in the world. So that is my thoughts on vegetarianism and veganism. And if I'm honest, the jibbery has gone very, very well. Um, I am happily going to maintain this. I do the month, like pure veggie. And then coming out of it, I will probably minimise the amount of meat that I have. To a couple of times a week but only have very good quality meat um like if i have a whole chicken i will genuinely go and spend like 10 pound 15 pound and get like one of those glam um free range bad boys um same with same with steaks stuff like that but yeah it's been fun it's been eye-opening
and yeah, I enjoy doing things where I have a little test. If there's anything else you'd like me to give a try, um, we could do a month of whatever, um, let me know in the show notes and or drop me a, a message, drop me a little line on um on what's it called on Instagram and yeah I'll be I'll be more than happy to do that. Also my free fat loss habit hacks ebook is live now so I'll put the link down below for that. So if you really want to find out the small little habit changes that are gonna make the biggest difference to helping you improve your body shape that is all in that little ebook. It's basically broken down into sections. So there's the sections on when you go into a party, when you go into um, like a friend's house, when you're cooking yourself, when you're washing up, like all these little things where you make all these little slip ups, like your work, home, office environment, all these different things where we can slip up and it's just trying to show you where you can help. Um, or where you can make little calorie saves in all of those areas. And, yeah, basically really help you improve your body shape. But anyway, that will be in the link below. And, yeah, if you need anything, shoot over to um, Instagram, at Key Leinster, and say hello. Anyway, take care.